0: This is Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone.
1: Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night.
0: Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, passes parium.
2: Hey there ponderers of the paranormal. You are in the Paranomaly Zone, your weekly dose of all things paranormal, strange and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg and I am joined as always by my co-host, with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, the smoldering smoocher, Mike <laughs> Carbno. <laughs> smoldering smoocher.
1: Yeah, the smooch bandit. The
2: smooch bandit. <laughs> you give him a second, he'll steal a smooch. Yes, that takes him just a split second—a blink of an eye. It's like, oh my goodness, he's yes. a Romeo on a whole different level. I was—I was. The reason I brought this up is yeah. because I was exposed to his romantic, uh, physical displays of love with his lady friend mary right before we started recording this and i was offended and i already told him so and i don't ever want to see those displays of affection ever again because and right uh, away
1: i saw the name karen right across his forehead (laughs) exactly no, I'm just kidding. I'm suck it up, Felicia.
2: No, 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 no. I'm good. I, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. You guys have every right to to smooch and smack away whenever you want to. So it's well, it's don't good.
1: you and the Bridget uh, ever smooch and smack each other lip-wise? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, yeah, but not you know not on camera in front of you know our friends like you two just did, because you just don't well. give a shit. So I'm like, oh damn it, Mike. Anyways, it was, Love is good. what makes the world go round. That's very true. That's very true, and I'm very, very happy for you. So Mike's got this little smirky, oh my. smirky grin on his face, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I can just hear the the background music. Love is in the air.
1: That's yeah. wonderful." So I'm that's happy. right. I'm happy for you. That. You should see her when she wears my t-shirts.
2: Oh my goodness! Gracious. Okay. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm glad it's just T-shirts and nothing else. You know, I was thinking that. So what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! That sounded bad. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it that way. Um, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking she was going through your, like, uh, I was thinking you were suggesting she was going through your underwear drawer or something like oh that. Oh, no, and, you nothing know, like that. Making no. sure everything fit snug.
1: No. <laughs> <Okay>. no. <laughs> my underwear would uh, fall down around <laughs> her ankles if she tried to wear them. Okay. That's good to know. Good <laughs> and she know. would walk right out of them easily.
2: <laughs> well, again, good to know. Maybe at, uh, I know what to get you for Christmas now. So
1: that's I good. could wear her panties, but it would be on half my head and that would be it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> up around your ankle and then it stops yeah, there. Yeah,
1: that's uh, yeah, one ankle.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, boy, that was pretty ridiculous right there. Yes. So, thank you everyone for tuning in. Yeah, it Mike, I'm I'm pretty excited about this episode. It seems like forever since we last recorded, but Like no. I guess I, it's we we've been used to doing the midweek uh Patreon episodes and we're, and we're doing those tomorrow. So, yes. um so I've missed you, my friend. It's been uh-huh. a week. I, I haven't seen your glorious Scully for a week, and so... My Scully, yeah. Saying, I keep saying Scully. Is it? Okay. Well,
1: Cor- whatever. Whichever. Correct me.
2: Correct me. I mean, put a, a nail in the coffin of my ignorance here. Scully <laughs> or Scully? Uh,
1: it's a Scully.
2: Scully. Okay, yep. I keep seeing Scully. God damn it. So, all right. Anyways, <laughs> I missed your my glorious... My
1: Scully is in the Scully.
2: Hey, that's a great way of remembering it. There you go. Yes. There you go. So... um. Well, okay. I know. For, I, I meant to say I missed your glorious scally. How's that? Yes.
1: Sound? But you're not I wearing your,
2: you're not wearing your gone squatching shirt. What the hell's wrong?
1: No, I'm just wearing my, my black. I wanted to see if I could get my head looking like it's floating. <laughs> you're just wearing your, darkness. you're wearing your black yeah.
2: t-shirt and nothing else. You're just. Sitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and black panties. No. Black socks pulled up to your knees. Yeah. I can yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> black synthetic <laughs> pants pulled up to my, <laughs> my boobs. <laughs> wearing white socks yes. with thongs on my okay, feet. Okay, that's
2: enough. That's enough. Oh, thongs on your feet. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think actually I did miss, what one of those times that I missed, I was in great disgust and another one who could have been in great ag- agony. Um, Yeah, because I had a bad work experience. Oh, I know. You remember? And I was like, I can't record tonight. I'm, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't. I just cannot I, I,
2: I well, can do it. Well, you know, thankfully, last Friday, my my uh, my brother Joseph, formerly known as Mister Show, well, still known as Mister Show, he he was able to step in happily for episode six of Retro and Randoms. Where
1: it's part one of a deepahmud. Oh,
2: part one, absolutely, yeah, because we barely scratched the surface on that one. We're huge fans, uh, <laughs> as awesome Patreon subscriber Rachel just uh, called us fangirling over Depeche Mode and so I think and which is true that's right That's was, right. we just kind of blubbered about him for about an there's hour there's nothing and,
1: wrong with fangirling
2: and uh, we're looking forward to part two and I'm looking forward to you rejoining me Mike for episode seven tomorrow uh, topic yes as yet unknown which makes it even right. better so it'll be even more off the cuff
1: and more we passionate. have thoughts we have thoughts but
2: and we also do have a Patreon episode four of the Paranomaly Zone coming up tomorrow as well uh, looking forward to that one yeah, we're going to dive into the idea of, you know, reading minds and the power of the mind, <laughs> you know, ESP and psychokinesis, all sorts of wonderful stuff like that. So I, I know we talked about it before, but I don't think we've, we've ever done a deep dive and focus no, no. entirely on that stuff. So we're looking forward to that. We'd love to see you guys there. That will be episode 52 of the Paranomaly Zone Patreon account, plus loads of other awesome paranormal uh, uh, footage, audio Our own personal stuff is what I'm talking about here. Funny stuff, uh, photos, all sorts of cool things, man. We'd love to see you guys. You can sign up for as little as a buck a month. We'd love to see you there. You can have access to the Retro and Randoms podcast itself if you sign up to the Patreon account. And I think that'd be very much worth it. We're having a blast. It's fun. Yeah. Okay, enough of that crap, right?
1: I should should post a picture on there of... uh the uh, world's largest ball of black German Shepherd fur, because I think I've got it here. <laughs> oh my God! What are you, are you saving it or what? What's, oh no, no, oh. I I could though, and it wouldn't take long to have the largest ball of black German Shepherd fur ever.
2: You know, you could get into the World Book or the Guinness World Book of Records by the the oddest, strangest things. Yeah. You know you could actually get you know make make a name for yourself. As the owner of the largest ball of German yeah. Shepherd.
1: Uh, <laughs> I got a big enough yard to put it in, but.
2: Well, that's true.
1: Yeah, then when it gets wet when it rains and it's going to smell bad, eh, never mind.
2: Well, and that also requires you to mow your backyard. Have you done that?
1: I can't. My <laughs> I riding mower still doesn't work. And, yeah. and now this brand new push mower. Well, I can't do it anyway because my back won't let me. My knee won't let me. Hmm. and for some reason mary was using it on the front yard the other day and for some reason that it it, it kind of quit working did you check so the i don't fuel? know there's something <laughs> wrong yes <laughs> fuel is full okay <laughs> ah, it's a haunted haunted uh curse oh my gosh
2: yeah yeah Which,
1: you, you seem to be
2: experiencing weird things at your podcast uh station yes, so that's really interesting very
1: much things flying popping off and Today, actually, when I was watching the Hallmark Channel, a very romantic movie Mary and I were watching together, in front of me on the floor, I saw a very black spot. It just moved about six feet across the floor, and that was interesting.
2: Was it German Shepherd hair? Because your German Shepherd is black.
1: (laughs) It was not. It was (laughs) just a very dark black shadowy, just kind of like an oblong shape. Really, I was wondering maybe the ghost cat from the kitchen would have expanded his oh. territory. Maybe I don't know.
2: Did you say it was like s- just slightly above the floor, or was like no? It was
1: just like on the floor and just moved along the floor. Uh, really, it was just kind of kind of weird. There was no, no uh height to it at all. It was just mm. you know,
2: damn, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, so it was yeah, it was interesting. Something to note
2: again. That's another. Th- I keep going back to all of our cheap plugs, but this. I'd love feedback from you guys what you think about uh, the audio that we had during our Ouija session. Nothing direct response wise from the Ouija board session, but we did capture in the background something that seemed, it sounded fairly odd. Now, Mike, you're kind of yeah. certain that that was your actual cat that still was alive. It very well
1: could have been. So that kind of, kind of you know,
2: but it's, dismisses
1: it for me. But yeah,
2: absolutely. There's a couple, But it happens in two different areas. Uh, Two different time spots, and so it's right. it's kind of interesting, but trust me, that's not even close to the extent of our awesome stuff right. that we have going there. That's just a very, that's a weak example. So my, bad right. on my part, bad on my part, bad Patrick, bad Patrick. So anyways, are we done? Good to see you, everybody. Until next week. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Last week's episode was The Legend of Loch Ness. Tonight. Gosh, we have another kind of burgeoning legend in itself, man. Um, yeah, it's
1: an old story, but it's timeless. It's a good one.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh, absolutely. It's it's uh, Mike and I decided we were going to, uh, you know, when we're going back and forth, you know, suggesting ideas. Should we do something creepy? Like, yeah, let's do something creepy. Should we do maybe some sort of, you know, do another haunting type topic? Yeah, let's do that. And Mike was awesome today. I'm so proud of you. Mike just fired <laughs> away three straight awesome suggestions. Uh, we had to choose one of them. And we did, Mike, The Haunting of the Sally House. Uh, I'm sure we've mentioned this before in the past. Oh, yeah, we
1: would have had to have.
2: But again, never done an exclusive episode solely based around this. Uh, well, you have to call it alleged haunting, but man, is there a lot of. I totally believe in this damn story and that sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 terrifying. It's creepy. Um, I guess without any further ado, we can just dive into it, man.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm now,
2: ready. I always kind of start off with just casual questions. This episode for me, I well, this topic, I mean, this came to my forefront, <laughs> my frontal lobe, I guess. <laughs> uh, it came to be known by me. After watching the Ghost Adventures episode on it, I, I, I profess my ignorance. And so I was going to ask you, was this something that you were aware of before it even became well known after the Ghost Adventures episode? Mm. Or is it something that uh, came to you later on in life? Do you have any recollections of that? Well,
1: I think I remember it going back to like, and uh, it was on a couple other shows and that we'd kind of uh, mentioned when we were talking about it, uh, a haunting, I think. That might have been the first time that I had heard of it. The television it series, the sh- okay.
2: The television on the series show A haunting. haunting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, well, in 2015, it was on Sightings.
2: Oh, it was. it was recorded on Sightings. The original Sightings, way back in the early 90s. I mean, early to mid 90s. Oh,
1: it would have been. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Well, talk maybe about the that. Sightings
1: or the A Haunting was 2015. I, you know, I don't. Can't follow my notes very well. I'm thinking
2: well. Uh, a haunting is definitely the 2015 one. I would say, Mike. Sure. Yeah, I like, would
1: believe that but that's correct.
2: Yeah, Sightings was way back in the day. An awesome show in itself. I love Sightings. That's for sure. So maybe yeah. I did watch and I just forgot. I don't know because I remember watching mm. Sightings back then. So
1: yeah, you probably did did see it. I now. would
2: think so. I would think so. So uh, I I shall redact. Or retract. That's the word of the in the news lately, redact, and I won't go into why that's in the news. <laughs> but uh I, I, I shall rescind those comments because I don't know, maybe I was aware and I just forgot.
1: So I dislike words that have been made popular by the media.
2: The the twats and the twits oh. and all that good stuff. Yeah, I know. I hear you.
1: newscasters that they come up with the word uh, Like bad players and things like that. Oh, I know, I know. You know, like for things like that, they just you don't hear them until you hear it on the media. I don't know.
2: And people just kind of run with it. But hey, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. And I also, my gosh, bad on me. I actually I misspelled Sally on this one on my notes too. Good God,
1: it's a s a l l i e. Yeah,
2: I knew that, and thank God. I mean, I spelled it right on the on the image on the episode image thank god that's all that matters but on my notes i wrote it down incorrectly (laughs) oh that makes me laugh
1: i spelt sally f-r-o-g
2: that would be wrong that'd be way (laughs) wrong uh off on species off on all sorts of things so uh that's on you buddy oh uh, before we dive into it i have to do a cheap plug again for not for me well kind of for me but for um a particular podcast. So shout out to uh, Alexia, the awesome host of Titanic Talkline. I had a, the pleasure and privilege of being a guest on her uh, podcast last Sunday, guess, you know, talking, yeah, you guessed it, all things Titanic because she was really fascinated with with my take our take on no, the, no, no, me. no, not our take. Hey, hey I had hey, the hey. great pleasure of
1: not being invited. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, now, hey, 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 <laughs> now. Don't, don't look at me. I stubbed my toe. You, you, you represented both of us on the. I did, yeah. I did.
2: Uh, cause I would have
1: just been in, in the way, anyway.
2: Oh my god! Now he's acting like he's crying. He's taking a gulp no. of water so he can prevent the the gushing of <laughs> tears. Yeah. Uh, anyways.
1: But it was good, though,
2: right? It was, it was awesome. It was awesome because she had come across our Curse of the Titanic, the Curse of a Titanic episode, and mm-hmm. she was fascinated by that. I Well, I shouldn't say fascinated. I hope she was fascinated by it, but she was intrigued and you know asked if I could appear on the show. I was like, absolutely. I love talking all things Titanic. It went great. It went awesome. I think the episode will drop in November, I believe. Uh, her podcast is a hot nut. Hot and upcoming items, so uh, go check it out. You can find her on Twitter, at Titanic Talkline, and you can go listen to me. If you can't get enough of my whiny, nasally voice, you can go listen to me sometime in November, yeah. and chatting all things Titanic with her. So, thank
1: you listen very much to, to, Pat- to
2: Alexia. That was great.
1: Yes, listen to Patrick with a Another guest on his show. <laughs> <sighs> are, are probably gonna, went better than, than when I'm on it. With are you. <laughs> you
2: going to stop? Are you going to g- blind <laughs> yes.
1: this whole time? <laughs> I'm grovelling. I mean, are you going
2: uh, you made me feel bad enough for talking with Joe about uh, about the pesh mode on retro and randoms? It's like, come on, man. Oh no. It's like isn't
1: thing, isn't that part of the deal? Is
2: there anything else that I, I'm doesn't that make for with?
1: great banter?
2: <laughs> well, I guess. You make me feel bad. God dang <sighs>
1: it, man. Uh
2: Oh, the last thing last thing I wanted to say real quick about the um about You
1: feel so made you feel so bad you froze up.
2: <laughs> I know exactly. Exactly. Um <laughs> I did see something that Alexia just tweeted because she's at this Titanic con right now and she's tweeting about it. And the last thing she tweeted just like maybe 15, 20 minutes ago, was pretty cool. Um on display there was the life jacket that Madeline Astor wore after John really? Jacob, after John Jacob Astor, her husband placed it upon her as he led her onto the lifeboat and of course he was not allowed to follow right. her um, that was on display and she was allowed to touch it and she said she almost burst into tears, it was so moving and I was like, I need to go to this damn place I, I can, bet, that was pretty awesome so um, yeah again they had, sh- had a they good time, hope you guys check that out
1: they should have had Mrs. Astor autograph it uh, <laughs> well, it would have been cool.
2: <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna comment on that. <laughs>
1: it's like, just give her one of those big fat sharpies. <laughs>
2: uh, are you done? I'm done. Okay. Now. Yes. All right. Uh, Anything else that you want that, that I'm, I can hurt your feelings with, or I have hurt your feelings with in the last week nope, or so?
1: No, nope, don't want to talk about it. Oh, uh, so I have. <laughs> I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> Let's go. We got uh, the Sally House. The
2: Sally House. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. If you're still listening to us right now, uh, God bless you.
1: So, um, yes.
2: Well, Mike, uh, did you want to? Did you want to kind of take the uh, the background story of this before we dive into all the the alleged hauntings, or or how do you want to go about? Well,
1: this? you know, it's a pretty simple background. Actually, um, it is known as one of the most haunted houses in Atchison, Kansas.
2: Yeah, that's where it's located. It's one of the most haunted houses in America, I thought.
1: Right? Yes, which yeah. is only like uh, nine hours from where we live. So we discovered <laughs>
2: Mike. Mike and I were sincerely, seriously talking about making plans to go down there. It's a nine and a half hour drive from yep. my hometown. So I think that would be maybe even closer for you. Um, yeah,
1: not bad at all.
2: Uh, um, we can go they down. Self-guided.
1: Oh, sorry, self-guided tours. Or you can spend the night.
2: Yep, that's <laughs> what I would love to do. I don't. I yeah. want to get separate rooms, though, Mike. I refuse to stay in the same room with anybody. So,
1: well, now, even in a does, even in the Sally House, does
2: that hurt your feelings too? I mean, I'm just wondering right now. Would you be okay well, with that? You know, hey, or, or I, did you need to like? Did you need the spoon while we're at at the Sally House? Would that no, make hey, you feel better? Hey, I,
1: I could take the. Uh, Floor of the living room, and you could take the floor of the dining room or kitchen if you wanted to.
2: Or you know what? We could just stay up all damn night investigating the freaking.
1: Oh, and investigate that would be the, the most. Uh, that would be yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah, 125 dollars <laughs> <What>? $25 125 <laughs> 125
0: bucks 125. per person.
1: <laughs> Woo,
2: that was 125
1: kinda... bucks per person. Uh, that's November through August, uh, two person minimum, September and October, 150 per person, two person minimum. Man. But, yeah something that uh, I love it. needs to be discussed but uh, the house was originally built in the mid1800s. Now I'd seen one uh, one writing where it said the the turn of the century but then I'd seen more that was in the mid1800s which that's I what
2: I had seen the majority of it, said it was, more, yeah I actually found years that they thought it was originally originally purchased by the original owner Michael Finney um in right. the years that's not even nailed down specifically but it says it's they think it was purchased between 1867 and 1871 so right. that's that's the closest i could get to an actual date
1: yeah and the a doctor that used the front room as uh an office space and also exam rooms they lived upstairs
2: mm-hmm. yep yeah the family and, uh,
1: the finney family so you know i had always thought that it was the little girl sally was from that family but then i read that uh uh it was a woman that brought her in with an appendicitis and uh she um uh was in very bad shape and the, <clears throat> the doctor gave her uh anesthetic and actually had her on the table and started cutting into her before the anesthetic kicked in
2: How and is
1: that? and she died right there on the table from that and not and from this, the actual appendicitis.
2: This was a six-year-old girl. Right. Six, six years old who was brought there by her panic-stricken mother. And at this time, the house was owned by Michael Finney's son, Dr. Charles Finney. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's a very prominent figure in this whole story, obviously, because he's the one who performed this emergency, I guess, appendectomy. And, um, and we're going to dive into some of the perhaps insidious motivations of this man. Alleged, definitely alleged... And why he was so quick to perform this surgery and to cut into this poor girl's body before the anesthetic even set in. But yeah, she just died of how would you I mean, there's no real official explanation of her death other than she just died from such pain and
1: right shock. Uh, And it said in there that uh, the, the last thing that she had seen was the face of this man torturing her and she died.
2: Yeah, because so, she would. I mean, what else could she believe? She didn't know what was going on. The right. last thing she saw was, "Why are you cutting into me right now? Why are you hurting me right now?" I'm, you know, she's screaming and screaming and screaming, mm-hmm. and then eventually her screams start to fade. And as the story goes, you know, she turned pale and limp and died right there on the operating table, right in the guy's house. His, his, yeah. his Now, was his office slash examination room in an actual basement or just on the first level?
1: I, the front room was office space, and uh, and then that had said, said that the uh, um, exam room was around that that floor as well. So main floor,
2: main floor. Well, the family lived yeah. upstairs,
1: and they lived upstairs. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Man, I, I mean, just that itself. If it wasn't a true story, that's like a awesome. And I'm not saying this in a disrespectful manner at all. That is almost a perfect setup for a haunted right. story.
1: Oh, absolutely. So if we spent the night there, I mean, I think we would both have to stay in that front room and exam area. Oh, gosh. I mean, if just you could, if this. you
2: can, for sure. Yeah, I guess I don't know the parameters of well, where you're allowed I'll to let, stay. What
1: said on the on the rules was that um, you have to bring your own sleeping bag and pillow, blankets, whatever, because you cannot sleep in the beds or on the beds. Right. Okay. So anywhere else is fair game. And uh, it said you cannot use a Ouija board there. You cannot cook there. Um, you cannot try to clear the house of any spirits.
2: That's interesting, that part right yeah. there.
1: Well, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the livelihood of this house, you know.
0: No,
2: I get <laughs> you. So, I get you, you know, and whether or not you believe this is all just kind of hype for a tourism attraction or tourist attraction, you know, I, I, I the, that part though intrigues me. It's like, no, you cannot right. try and clear this because that, to me... I might sound silly. That kind of adds a little legitimacy to it. It's like they're, they, tr- oh, sure. they yeah. truly believe something is going on in that house.
1: Adds legitimacy or is uh, good advertising good? Uh, that too.
2: Right. You e- know, exactly. So, um, I guess we can only find out for ourselves, Mike. That, that's another thing that we are adding on our damn list. But again, nine and a half hour drive, that's not bad at
1: all. No, not no. bad at all. Easy to do.
2: Now, when we're there, um, I really don't want to, you know, how some of these ghost adventures, you know, or these ghost investigation teams, they like to kind of reenact scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and perform an epping deck to me
1: on you, Mike. So okay. we're
2: not going to reenact it. Yes. I, I don't want to lay you down sh- shirtless. And, you know, um, it's just.
1: <laughs> you would look at my belly and you'd go, mm, where to start?
2: <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you right now. So we're not going to, we're going to leave that out. So we're, yeah. we're going to be professionals about
1: this. <laughs> hey, I've I've got uh, I've got surgical gloves. I got a ton of those, and
2: well, yeah, no, it's not going to happen.
1: Not going to. Would happen. you like a vasectomy, Patrick? Give <laughs> <laughs> me a couple beers, I'll be okay. I ain't I ain't touching your balls. I don't care if I got gloves on or not. No, nope, not, not, and I thank you for that.
2: I thank you for that. So, um...
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
2: now, well, first, you know, moving on here. Yes, first we have and a foremost, lot to discuss here. First and foremost, think about Mike just that the powerful imprint that this you know at the very oh. minimum the residual imprint that this would leave or could yeah. leave oh, yeah you
0: know,
1: it'll never it'll never leave it uh, it'll never be gone. it's just that imprint will always be there
2: and that's not to say that that's all this haunting is because no this is a very very active uh, haunting, very physically destructive. Haunting mm-hmm. in a lot of manners. Um, very creepy. Definitely an intelligence is happening there somewhere. This is an intelligent haunting, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: but again, I think we've talked about this too, Mike, where we it, there definitely can be both intelligent and residual in the same locale.
1: Oh, absolutely. I totally believe that.
2: So, like you know, perhaps if someone does claim to see like the apparition of Sally, that maybe could be a residual. You know that, mm-hmm. can, or, or or any such thing, but obviously all these interactions and um, leans more towards the intelligent.
1: Well, the physical attacks. I mean, there's there's yeah. uh, definitely thought and uh, um, just meaning. You know, direct meaning to, behind all of that.
2: I'm just looking at my wonderfully professional notes. Yep, and here we go, right here. There they are, my professional notes. Um, I wrote down a ton of stuff, ap- ac- actually, and it's quite sloppy as usual. I actually do have very, very nice handwriting, not when it comes to writing down notes for the podcast, because uh, I'm going one hundred miles an hour and I'm doing it. It's one of those things where only I can read it, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or they understand the structure of my notes, I should say. But I want to stop with just some of, or start, I should say, with some of the alleged occurrences that have gone on in this locale and then we'll move on to the most prominently featured the most well-known um in the paranormal world couple who resided there for two and a half years and we'll talk about their experiences i'm talking about tony and deborah Pittman, who lived there in the early to mid 90s they
1: stayed until they couldn't stay any longer
2: that's absolutely true man they experienced some some almost literal hell And uh, they are also featured prominently on the ghost adventures episode. So I'm sure most of our listeners are very familiar with that episode. It's it's, that those type of faces where the moment you see them, you go, Oh yeah, I remember them. That's how I reacted today. So um, very, very, very powerful and potent experiences for sure. But I have written down some of the, um, some of the more mundane, I'm doing that in air quotes, some of the more mundane experiences Are very very common kind of paranormal experiences.
1: Stuff that I would just say, "Well, that's cool."
2: That's exactly it. Then Mike, you (laughs) just shake your head like you know, (laughs) uh, you know, ho hum, and what you know,
1: what do you done that? Been there, saw that. Yeah, that's all you (laughs) got.
2: All righty then. Um, lights and TVs uh, switching on and off uh, inexplicably. yeah, Mr. Pickman would say that that those are some of the first signs where they'd shut off the TV manually and like they'd be walking up the stairs and before they're even halfway up the stairs, click, the TV turns back on and they have yeah. to trudge back down and turn it off. And that would happen over and over and over. In the
1: end. Yeah, the way things start out, kind of simple, you know, kind of easing its way in.
2: I know. Why is it like that in so many hauntings, by the way? I it's mean,
1: building up energy maybe for the big stuff.
2: I think so. I mean, you know, it's like sense.
1: starting out with, um, oh, let's uh, um, feed off the fear of this a little bit. Mm. You know, and then this and that, and then uh, the more fear that they build up that maybe gets to be stronger and sucks in that energy.
2: I agree. That's a great point. Um, the classic cold spots. Um, this is, you know, experienced by the people who live there as well as investigators. Well, all of these, I should say, were experienced by, uh, well, not all, several of them were experienced by both the uh, residents and the investigators. Uh, pictures in the house turned upside down. We're talking about you know like pictures hanging on the wall and maybe turned upside down. Kind of similar to what your brother experienced. Right. Uh, has he had anything weird happen? By the way,
1: um, not since last time I asked him. No.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Now that I, that I know of.
2: Well, I hope Steve's house isn't like slowly building up into you know, yeah. <laughs> some terrifying aspects of hauntings. I don't want that. Now we're getting a little more serious here, like floating objects. Um, sp- uh, specifically, lots of claims I've seen coins levitated, and uh, so
1: kind of some, some kind of some normal poltergeisty kind of happenings.
2: Definite poltergeisty type stuff. And you gotta stop yawning, by the way, because you're gonna. I know z- What's going on here? Is that you're that excited about the episode? Or no,
1: no, it's it's just the way it is. <laughs> just the way it is. Okay, you're just you're,
2: yeah, you're pining for your enchilada. That's what you're doing. So.
1: I I sit at home every day and I'm. I'm pining for something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just whatever it is, you're not sure.
1: Since work won't let me be there. Oh, damn it.
2: And Mike's rubbing his eyeballs right now. Ah, That's
1: from my yawning. Oh, I'm
2: sorry. I thought you were crying. Damn it. No. I was like, do you need a moment? Are you okay? No, I'm good. Uh, Disembodied voices, including the voice of what appeared to be coming from a little
1: girl. I love hearing disembodied voices. Oh, God. In whispers. It's awesome.
2: I know it's just so casual to you. I don't know. I mean, it would it. it would blow me away as well. I, it's, I've never experienced it, so I don't know how I would react. I honestly mm. got Mike. I honestly got to think that I would be pretty good. In, I know you would be in uh, situations like I, that. I don't. I think really I
1: feel that you would be too. You wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, you're not the kind of person to really freak out. I mean, if some
2: no, not at know, all
1: came up and grabbed you and threw you on the floor. I mean, that would uh, that would freak me out. Oh,
2: of course, of course, you know. If,
1: <laughs> Not good. No touchy. <laughs> no touchy. No touchy.
2: No feely. No lifty. Nothing. No, yeah. no choky. No scratchy. Yeah. None of that stuff. Um, no kissy. No leaky. <laughs> <laughs> no kissy. No leaky. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, lots of activity with toys in the house because, you know, yeah, Sally. particularly speaking of the you know tony and deborah pickman because they had a, a newborn child um mm-hmm. at that time and so they had a nursery and a lot of interesting activity going on in the nursery when it comes to like the teddy bears and the toys in the room and, and again that kind of lends uh credence to the idea that, uh, that there's a little girl haunting the right. house
1: well and then what i had read in some parts also is that uh um sally was known to uh um play with other children that were uh, living in the house over the years and over the decades, yeah. You know, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's yeah.
2: Now the last thing I saw that well, obviously it's vacant now. and It's used as a tourist trap of 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 sorts. But were were Tony and Deborah Pickman were they the last people to ever live there? That I'm not sure of.
1: I'm not sure either, but. um, Ah, That's a good question. I,
2: yeah, I guess. Um, listeners, do any of you know if anyone owned it after 1994? I'm not sure, or or anyone rented it, I should say, because
1: right there's another,
2: there's interesting stories about the property owner, Mike, who was a total skeptic and he experienced some really weird, creepy stuff that we're going to get into.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, more kind of classic haunting (laughs) type, uh, type situations here doors opening and closing on their own. I mean, that seems to be very common. Uh, the doors also locking and unlocking. Uh, randomly Mm -hmm. on their own. Very, very, very common. And and again, you know what, sometimes when I really think too hard about stuff like that, I'm like, what, what, what's the purpose? What are they doing? What are these spirits doing? Are they, or do they even realize that they're doing
1: anything? Right. Well, it could be something that they're used to doing during their lifetime, you know, that they gravitate to doing things or uh, it might be even just a, an attention getting thing um, or uh, messing with somebody in general. I mean, You know, I mean, if they see coins or whatever floating through the air, what are they doing? They're going like, you know, (laughs) you know, like, look at me. I'm floating by myself. This coin. This is me, a penny. Yeah. Well, you know,
2: that kind of, you know, I like that. I like that, you know, as you're kind of being flippant about it. But I like that idea because it's it lends to the conversation of the differences between these hauntings. Like, are they aware that they are? Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, are they aware that is, is something holding that penny in front of the person going, Hey,
0: look at this, right, look at exactly this? Or that.
2: or are they just in that other dimension? Are they just playing with pennies, whatever, in that other right. dimension, you know, not thinking that they're showing off to you yeah. or me or whoever's living there at the time? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It could be a thought of uh, um, uh, an intelligent thought of, Well, oh, I'm just going to take this uh, pocket full of change and I'm going to set it up here on the mantle. Right. And Absolutely. It, and it happens to be seen by you know somebody living
2: the same thing with locking and unlocking doors or closing doors they could be going to bed and that's you know absolutely
1: that's that's in their other
2: dimension and like oh i I gotta lock the door because i always lock the door when i go to bed or something like that you
0: know yeah Mm -hmm.
2: i don't think i've ever there's only been certain times or periods of my life that i locked my bedroom door when i went to bed have you ever been a bedroom door locker
1: no never. never never Never. It's somebody, like uh, one, t- one time One time when I was living, well, living in Maine, and I've told this before, where I came home from work, nobody was at home. So when I was in the military, I went up stairs to take a shower. And when I turned the water off from the shower, I could still hear water running. And the bathroom sink was on full blast. Now, was that a poltergeist activity? Was it somebody thinking they were turning on the water, a, a, a ghost? Or was it just to get attention? You know, yeah. even even something like that, man, you know, anyway,
2: uh, some of the more and again, we're going further and further down this rabbit hole, of creepy and physically damaging stuff. Now, uh, other experiences include scratches, lots of experiences with scratches, yes, violent very scratches. violent
1: scratches and mostly directed towards Tony. Tony
2: and males, um, and male, male people, yes, uh, the investigators male people. <laughs> or residents. You know, people visiting; those are always the ones. And that again, people who believe all of this say that. Well, the last who was the last person that Sally saw. If you think right. that Sally is behind these exactly these scratches, the last person she saw was an older male who she believed was torturing and killing her. Right. So every time so she I sees could, one,
1: yeah, yeah. Very much be a revenge type, uh, you know, attack.
2: Now, another thing that's kind of eerie, you know, going back to those disembodied voices, it's described that as Sally was slowly passing away, her screams at one point, blood curdling screams, just slowly started to quiet down mm. as her spirit left her. It's just that, just hit me when I was reading about that and it's I, this yeah. poor six year old girls is so terrified, Mike, and in such agony and such yeah. pain. And it's oh gosh, I get kind of the willies thinking about it. I feel yeah. bad. I my, my empathy really shows when I yes to myself when I read about stuff like this. It just oh, makes sure. me feel yeah. terrible. It's like this very poor, very child. much
1: un, yeah, very much unlike the man that I ran over in a bus where the screen <laughs> stopped abruptly.
2: <laughs> and Mike didn't give a shit. oh well, he just kept on no, going. I did. I did. But <laughs> I know he just kept on going. <laughs> we were going. briefed he didn't if look.
1: anything ever happened. Keep going. just
2: Keep going. I know.
1: I know. And it was I a did, different country. I
2: didn't mean to giggle, but just Ugh, you, it the way was, But anyway, um, when said that, Mike was
1: just. <laughs> I know. I couldn't right. help but laughing. It's taken me many years to be able to deal with that. I guess. But anyway, you know, like if we're staying there and we're we're just kind of like sitting in that front room and and even faintly hear that where it's like oh, if you heard man. it full blast it would be curdling blood curdling oh. screams but if you just hear it like like there's a a veil between us and that scream but it's thin enough to where you can hear it mm. screaming and it's so so violent screaming and then it fades off yeah and then knowing the story and then right there that would prove to you that yes that's how it happened man exactly as explained oh Ugh.
2: I think I would get emotional. I mean, I wouldn't, oh, absolutely. I, I wouldn't yeah, break down, but I would feel it. You know
0: what I well, mean?
1: Well, you very well could break down. You know, people yeah. that go into and they're that's sensitive true. that they they feel these things and they do break down. It's not their fault. It's something that they would never have thought that they would have done. But that's the true. emotion gets so high and you're feeling emotion from that, that event. You know, you can, you can react to that.
2: I, yeah. I shouldn't say I... I I don't know if I would or not. I'll, I'll put it that yeah. way. I mean, There's no way I could say I wouldn't. Um, it, yeah, it's, ter- it's, it's tragic and terrifying for sure. Uh, some of the more spe- uh, specific experiences, and we're talking basically about the experiences of the owners, or the renters, sorry, Tony and Deborah Pickman. Again, they lived there for about two and a half years. They're the most prominently <coughs> featured uh, renters, residents of this locale. I believe they moved in in 1993. Maybe it was 1992, but they were, again. They were there for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Some of the ex- first experiences, as we said earlier, you know, started kind of innocuously. Uh, kind of seemed fairly harm harmless, but moved into the more severe and terrifying experiences. And this isn't just uh, this isn't just them solely who experienced stuff like this. Right. Their neighbors experience some pretty darn creepy stuff here. I want to talk about that real quick before we dive into uh, Tony and Deborah Pickman's experiences. Their neighbor, and, and forgive me, I, I forget to, uh, I forget her name. I didn't write it down because I'm a bad uh, podcaster. <laughs> um, she was talking to the camera crew, the um, investigative team on a Sally House documentary, and she was. Uh, sharing a story of her then young son whose bedroom window actually faced directly towards the Sally house. And her young son was like just out of laying in the crib age. She had another child who was still in a crib. And repeatedly this child would wake up terrified at the same time. You always hear about stuff like this. You would wake, about, wake up around two or three in the morning, the same time every night, You know, terrified, screaming, and saying that there's like, you know, there's a monster here. There's a monster here. There's a monster here. And uh, it got to the point where it, it, she couldn't take it anymore after one specific occurrence. where After waking him up and he pointed towards the ceiling and he said, Mommy, the monster is on the ceiling. Monster is on the ceiling. She described it as, as I just wrote down here, a large black mass that could <laughs> fly in you know he's this little kid saw this large black mass flying in his room landing on the ceiling no it wasn't just a massive bat <laughs>
0: anything yeah, like that
2: because no. i know those all too well as long time listeners know um landing on the ceiling and refusing to go to sleep and terrified and again i le- or i tend to believe children's stories so much more than someone who mm-hmm. is trying to manipulate <clears throat> you you know or Someone who has an agenda, or just someone who's trying to create a a scary story for the hell of it. When you you can see a sincere terror in a child's eyes, All and right? Their voice. Absolutely. Um, the same woman, the same mother, was actually invited to be a part of the investigation, featured in the sightings investigation, I should say. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as before the episode is over. Long story short, um, after the first night of investigating down in the basement, she refused to enter it after the first night because guess what, Mike? Out of nowhere. A brick was thrown <laughs> at the crew from where they do not know. But upon looking at and studying said brick, it was they couldn't figure out where the hell it could have been coming from inside the basement until they realized it actually came from outside because it had like uh soil and uh, it looked like it was something that may have been buried around the uh, the base of the house. You know what I mean? Like part of yeah. the foundation, maybe. But Mm -hmm. it came from outside and was thrown at them from, they assumed, from the top of the stairs. And that happened not once, not twice, but during every night of that investigation, this brick was thrown at them.
1: Uh, Terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, when you know there's something that's got that much energy that, well, that could kill a person. 100% good. (laughs) Easily.
0: Lord.
2: That's uh, slightly more than nefarious. That's damn right. That's downright evil. Yeah. Damn.
1: Right. At the very least, it could break your toe if it <laughs> landed on your toe or stub it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame me. Thank you. I was setting you up. I huh? stub my toe.
2: Stubbed my
0: toe.
2: Now getting back to Tony and Deborah Pikmin. Yes. Um. By the way, I my personal opinion, I believe them thoroughly, uh, and I wanted to talk about that very briefly. I just wrote down. On my notes are very believable my opi- my impression because just how i was reading their body language and right reading their voice and looking at their face as they're talking about the stories you know what mike you know what i'm talking about you're the same well, absolutely you can read mean, bs off of somebody in an instant
1: absolutely but i also remember too if i'm correct in remembering this that tony at first he didn't want to be a part of this on camera thing or yeah be be acknowledged that this thing was happening i think at first they had his face even blurred out Blurred
2: out, yeah it was something that they well they're from a small it's a small town and they were really concerned about you know how they would be looked at how people would right. treat them right. you know um they didn't want to be known as the nutcases and from the small town mm-hmm. you know and i yeah. get it i totally get that um yeah, but very believable. I just, I got a vibe of legitimacy yeah. from them as they talk. Oh, absolutely.
1: That they share you could, you, could, you could see the fear as well. Oh, I mean, God, yeah. there was, yeah.
2: Well, there's even there was times something, when- They are
1: going through something they did not want to go through. Right.
2: You know, even time, you can tell like how people get kind of a nervous laugh because they laugh out of, that's like their self-defense mechanism to keep themselves from reliving the terror because, you know, he's, I remember Tony specifically- uh, specifically saying that you know in the middle of the story he's like turns to his wife and he's and he says you know this still I still have tro- problems talking about this one and, he's, and you can see it in his face he's getting nervous right. he doesn't want to talk about it right um yeah I get that I get that but again you know some of the stuff seemingly started off innocuously enough innocuously enough sorry about that which is harmless Mike by the way that means harmless I'm thank sure, you I'm sure you knew that
1: well Really. The library in my brain was out of function for the moment, so I'm glad you told me that. Okay, just saying, just
2: saying. <laughs> but the you know the seemingly harmless stuff didn't last very very long. Um, it got to the point where not only Tony was the one who was repeatedly being scratched, and it's the classic three scratch marks, right? You
0: know,
2: down the torso, down the back, um, on the arms. A number of locations. And I'm sure Tony didn't take off his shirt and flex like Zach Bagans always did. And I'm like, look at
1: this. <laughs> Probably not. I'm, hold on. Look at that. Uh,
2: Zach, why are you flexing? I'm
1: not flexing. Just look at the yeah. shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then all of a sudden, a little curl in the front of his hair goes,
0: twing. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and
2: then you 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 hear a very quiet little... <clears throat>
1: <laughs> yeah. one of his tattoos melts off ah <laughs> so,
2: uh, yes <yeah>, so,
1: <laughs> not uh, saying that they aren't real tattoos no of course i'm not or, or no you're not either
2: and i'm not we're not making fun of zach
1: he's he's like no, no. absolutely not but not until we get him on the show and then we can just game after exactly it's a free it's a free for all no, man no we have great love and respect for zach
2: i do it's it's funny you know when i see the um when i'm looking at the uh Promotional emails that 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 we get from the Travel Channel and all the uh, upcoming shows because Ghosttober is starting in a month, man. I love yes, all the can't paranormal. Wait. Can't wait for it. It's the best time of the year. Um, when we got to have,
1: have a great October of, of oh, great, it's be awesome, great podcasting.
2: It's going to be awesome, man. Uh, when they're describing every like cast member or the any number of new shows and the cast members on those new shows, I, I just I noticed right away. Travel Channel describing Zach Bagans, paranormal superstar Zach yeah. Bagans. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, yeah. I, I, I guess, <laughs> I, yeah." I, I if there is someone who can say who can claim to be a paranormal superstar, it's probably Zach. I mean, he's probably yeah. the face of paranormal research right now. And you may kind of scoff at that, you may giggle at that, but you know, the guy is a hard ass worker, and he is. Oh yeah he, he works for his money he deserves all the success and he's a he's passionate about what he does and he's a believer so um yeah
1: you know there's no that. there's no doubting his passion in the no, in the whole thing
2: absolutely not well at one point eventually it came to where Tony was not only scratched to the point of bleeding on numerous occasions but also attacked picked up thrown. Across the room, slammed into a wall, crashing down onto the floor, and was not allowed to get up. Something was holding him down. Several witnesses to that occasion said that you could see the only thing that you could see, he couldn't make any noises. He was like grunting and you know, yeah. just struggling. But they could see the veins and the neck muscles yeah. bulging out because he's trying in vain to get he's up something. Straining was on so him. much. At oh. that
1: point, I would move out of the room, <laughs> out of the house, oh, out of the block, out of the neighborhood, out of the town, out of the state, and possibly out of the country.
0: <laughs>
1: Can't go much further than that, but oh God, my God dang. <laughs>
2: And again, when you watch this guy, when you watch him share this story, you can see it in his face that this this has truly affected him. He is still no traumatized, no pun intended, haunted by this experience.
1: Well, PTSD for sure.
2: Oh, good lord! I mean, Mike, he was this was such a forceful attack; it knocked him out of his boots. One boot was Mm. knocked off of his off of his foot, and he had Mm. pretty heavy duty workman's boots on that were tied. And it's uh, somehow somehow he came out of them, yeah, or at least one of them. And it was crazy. The, I, I, I'm I'm stunned that they didn't move out immediately after that.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And it took another even yes. more terrifying uh, occurrence, at least for Tony, to make them finally make that decision to um to head up and get on the hell out of, <laughs> of there. Some of the stings that, or some of the uh, scratch marks that he felt. One particular occasion after, I believe it was after this attack where he was tackled and when they were finally able to get back to his feet and they went and grabbed their newborn child and they like we're, we're leaving for the night, we're getting out of here. And when he was strapping the kid into the car seat, he said he felt what he described as a wasp sting yeah. on his lower back. But there wasn't a wasp sting after his wife lifted up his shirt. Well, guess what it was?
1: Yeah. Heavy, and it's
2: heavy duty scratch marks, you, bleeding,
1: paranormal scratches. are always described as a, just such a burning, burning, burning feeling. And I remember this has been so many years since I've seen this, this show that, uh, and the documentary about this, but they showed, they actually showed, uh, the scratch marks on his back. If I remember right. Yeah. I and, saw some
2: of them today too. Yeah. They're yeah, nasty. They were
1: pretty intense. Yeah.
2: And not just experienced by him, but, almost all of the male crew members of the sightings investigative crew were all attacked at one point or another. Yeah. And I saw photos of all those today and Mike, they're just nasty looking there. It's like, Holy crap. There is something evil going on there.
1: Then exactly. And then if I remember correctly, it wasn't, uh, during the night, one of the, uh, investigators, one of the guys, he went out in the kitchen and he, he, uh, Got a plate of chicken out of the fridge. Come on. And then uh, he was eating that. And then he uh, he looked down and it was full of maggots. Then he went into the bathroom and yeah. his face started peeling off. Wait, are you serious?
2: That sounds no, was, that sounds like something or, that happened in
1: the movie. The movie. Oh, oh Poltergeist, the first one.
2: Oh, damn it. My, oh, God, you had me rolling there for a second. Oh,
1: yeah, sure I did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know what else happened? <clears throat> What? I heard that 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 female psychic who was there at one point, her head spun around and she puked green yeah. puke all over the entire investigative crew. So that was. Uh, yes.
1: And then she said,
2: this house is clean. <laughs> no, clear. <laughs> clear. That's what she said.
1: Yeah, something. Something like that. But anyway, Sally, though. Okay. Now, have you in your research, did you find where um, she was brought to the doctor with this appendicitis and uh, her mother brought her in to be operated on and to be checked, and it was said that it's a possibility that Sally was actually the child of the of a man and the um, African-American housemaid.
2: Wow. I actually I, read that
1: in some research.
2: No kidding. I, I, that's yeah. news to me, man. That's news to me. So
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
2: That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I just was wondering, because I, I did read that, but I wasn't sure. I mean, because I had never heard that before.
2: No, I I yeah, I still have yet I've to read it, it until that just before. now. That's pretty interesting.
1: Right. And also one other thing is that uh, isn't there a cemetery like close by or across the street from this house where they actually found Sally's grave? Again, I
2: did not know that.
1: That I had heard a long time ago. That's something we could do some research into because I believe wow. that they found her grave. Yeah. No I, could could, I could be wrong. I could be, you know, mixing it up with another story. You know, <laughs> how many stories hmm. that we research and read on. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, I a,
2: think, there's a lot of lot of stuff out there yet to be learned of this story. That's oh, for sure. sure, man. Absolutely. Uh, wow. That's really interesting. We definitely have to do some some searching into
1: that. And like I was saying earlier, um, well, I think it was off air, but uh, the Kansas Paranormal Group that originally had done the investigating while they had still lived there, uh, Tony and um, Deborah, can, Deborah. Yes, Tony and Deborah. When they still <laughs> live there, if that group is still together, that would be awesome to get them on. That's a great idea, and to to, to actually hear from them what they went through.
2: Ooh, I like you that. know
1: investigating that that house.
2: That's a good and idea. And if
1: they think it would be a good idea, if we took the offer up on going there and spending a night.
2: <laughs> well mm. would we um would we listen to their advice would we heed their words of wisdom if they said don't go there <laughs>
1: oh, probably not
2: <laughs> probably not that probably make us want to go there even more because
1: yeah, yeah. Is,
2: oh yeah <laughs> uh some other experiences that they had during that sightings investigation mike so we're we're coming up on an hour here and i know you want to go eat your enchiladas
1: um well i gotta be doing what i'm doing right now no i got you i got you they'll be there
2: <laughs> but again, you know, when um, Sightings investigative team went there because obviously it was going to be featured on several episodes of Sightings in 1994, but they wanted to find out for themselves some of the stuff that they experienced is truly terrifying and bizarre and just really. I, well, we have to talk about just to um, get. Well, I want to get your thoughts, Mike, and I'd love to hear feedback from our listeners. A burning teddy bear was often seen where it was smoldering. Flames Mm. would every now and then come out of the teddy bear's head. Mm. Um, And this is kind of related to the um, occurrences involved in the nursery with all the teddy bear stuffed animals where Tony and Deborah would have all of their child stuffed animals set up on the shelf or like a window shelf type thing. And they would, after putting the child to sleep... When they're walking down the steps, the bedroom light would flick on. They're like, what the heck? We just shut the light off. So they go back mm-hmm. up there. This is a matter of seconds. And all of those teddy bears were sitting in a perfect circle.
1: That's right. On the yep. floor. I remember that.
2: And they're, I mean, again, terrifying, but they looked at each other and said, okay, something's weird. Something weird's going on, but we're going to try and just move past it. And they put the teddy bears back up on the window shelf. Do the same routine, shut the light off, go down the steps, bling, light turns on. Happened not once, but twice, those bears sitting in that damn perfect circle.
1: Yeah, and I wonder what the if there's a significant meaning to that, these in a perfect circle. Yeah. You know, that could almost seem like some kind of a demonic ceremonial thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. No kidding. I just got the chills when you said that for some reason. Yeah. You know what that, also gives me the chills too is because that that reminds me of that instantaneous type of paranormal physical activity. It reminds right. me of Poltergeist, the scene where um sure. Joe jo Beth Williams, I can't remember her character's name, but Joe Beth Williams is in the kitchen, and you know she's at one point she turns her back, and when when turning around, all of the tape, the yeah. the table instantly. chairs instantly are all resting on top of each other. Yeah, that.
1: Blows me yeah. away
2: if that is actually possible, which I think it is. But I believe so because again, you know, time a, and physical restraints do not exist in that realm. So it's, I mean, that, yeah, that to us exactly. What, that's to us could what, what could seem like an instantaneous occurrence could actually be something that we just absolutely do not understand. Yeah. Anyways, but go ahead. Tom. Time
1: is a totally different uh, different animal. Absolutely. Uh, I had also read something about uh, um, there were candles that would be mysteriously burning and there would be burnt finger marks on these candles. Oh, now God. that's what it said, but now I don't know how it would be. Would it be like fingerprints that were melted into this candle or burnt in or how, would how would I don't know how you'd describe burnt finger marks on mysteriously burning candles.
2: Damn. That's interesting. So like the finger, the obviously like the fingerprints, like you said, right. Hmm. I don't know, man. I the century said you brought up the candles because I also found something where they would discover new candles that had never been lit, ever been lit. That had the burnt wick on it and wax was building up as if it was it had been melting, but had never ever been lit. They were still brand new candles that somehow wow. mysteriously appeared as if they had been lit.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's strange. You wrap your head around that one for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. But anything's possible.
2: One, um, the, the house was being investigated again by a medium slash shaman during the sightings television show investigation, not only did they find that teddy bear, again, this is all alleged, the teddy bear with the smoldering head, the flames mm-hmm. would kind of flicker out of the head. They also found a smoldering rose that was, upon closer examination, appeared to have been To have been burning from the inside.
1: Right. Yep. I remember that now that you mentioned it too.
2: The outer petals, perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly, perfect condition. Everything else from the inside Mm. was
1: smoldering. Uh, Well, it was just because there is a firefly that was inside of it (laughs) nesting. (coughs) Bad joke. That was a very bad joke. Wow.
2: Well, now that you said that, now it's like that. Maybe that would be like an easy prank. Could you like. could you take like a wooden match and and just kind of shove it in the very middle of a, of a
1: mm. rose and, but and then it, you'd have to get in there to light it. And I don't know. It's, yeah. I, it's, that would be too much work.
2: Well, what I'm saying is like, it, you would light it already and then you would shove oh, okay. the flame into the middle of it.
1: I okay. See, I well, it could be done, but
2: of course it could be for, pranked. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I know.
1: Yeah. But for what reason, you know, I don't know.
2: Well, Mike, before we run out of time and we, uh, Let's talk about the idea of or the notions of who we think is actually haunting this place, if it is true, um, because a lot of people believe that it is not Sally necessarily the ghost of Sally that is haunting it. Um, some believe it is actually the ghost of Dr. Charles Finney himself, who others mm-hmm. also claim could have very well been affected by demonic attachment. Do we think that something demonic is going on in the Sally house that is affecting everyone who resides in the locale? Do we want to go as far to say that the land itself is haunted in any number of ways? The reason yeah. can I say this really quick? Because the reason I brought that up, that question up. Again, I say it a thousand times. During the sightings team investigation, the property owner who was renting the house out to Tony and Deborah Pickman, a former police officer, lifelong skeptic. Um, upon he had to sign a lease for the sightings team to come and be able to investigate and, and any norm any number of things. We all understand why he had to do that. He didn't believe anything, he, but at one point he's like, "Well, I'm just going to go into the house and I'm going to start talking because I want to see what this is all about." And he basically spoke out. He said, "Sally, if you're here, you know, let me know. Uh, I'm going to leave my, leave you my phone number if you're here." And this is his story. If you're here, I'm going to leave you my phone number. I want you to call my house, ring it two times, and then hang up. And according to him, a skeptic, the very next day, twice, his phone rang. Two times his phone rang. Rang twice. The second time when he answered, or the first time he answered it, there's nothing. The second time he answered it, all he heard was static. And he said that that absolutely freaked him out. Very coincidental. Very coincidental. but Could be. perhaps not. Quickly... Mm -hmm. Quickly and then another experience that he and another member of the crew experienced were after a day of investigation, for whatever reason, they decided to drive past the house later on that night to see, let's go drive past the house let's see what's going on there to see if there's anything interesting we could see from the outside. The moment that the car drove past the house, the man's lights in the car went out and, the, and these were like lights back in the day where you had to physically manipulate them to like kind of mm-hmm pull out and push in the lights in order to, you know, turn them on and off. Right. Well, they turned off when they were with close enough to the house. And when they got for, far enough away from the house, well, guess what? You can figure it out. The lights turned back. They turned again. on. They decided to drive mm. past it again. Not the lights this time, but the dome light came on out of nowhere. The moment they got far enough away, the dome light went off. And in, <laughs> say what you will about stuff like that. Uh, it's their story versus everyone else. I get it. But... Judge for yourself, I believe that guy, when I was listening to him tonight, he seemed like he was legitimately creeped out by it, and he couldn't explain it. And like I said, he's a lifelong skeptic, former police officer, and he had weird things
1: happen. So. Yeah. Well, there's a lot that can be said about it, and a lot that can be um, put on the side of, yeah, that could very well have happened.
2: Now, Mike, wh- you know? wh- what are your vibes about this, Mike? What, what, what do you think is going on? And we're not experts here. Everyone knows that. You can tell the moment you tune in for five <laughs> seconds that we're not experts. Exactly. Do you think there's something uh, demonic? Do you think it's Sally? Do you think it's the Doctor? What's going on?
1: I I don't think it's demonic, even though I you know it's not just because I'm not a big big thing with the demonic, but um, he's
2: not a big thing. You know, there,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ain't got a big thing for the demonic. But anyway, uh, you know, there's a lot of tragedy. A lot of extreme traumatic energy that was released in this house. And who knows how much more besides that, that we don't know about Um, what other things did this doctor have to do in this, this makeshift clinic, hospital, whatever that left even more traumatic energy. Um, You know, the lady that's supposed to be haunting there is that the mother of, of um, um, Sally that, is looking for revenge is Sally looking for revenge is the doctor there stuck there because of what hand he had in this whole thing with Sally you know there's a lot of reasons that this could be just a very very uh, um, legitimate haunting based on tragedy and uh, and uh, extremely heightened emotions that have just carried on and are still there and will always be there
2: And potential evil. Right. I mean, if this is something, again, if if it's something that is in that house that is physically affecting those who live within it. Let's say it was a, there's something demonic going on there and that attached itself to the doctor and caused him to perform this emergency surgery. And, you know, maybe the doctor himself was a haunted individual, but maybe he was also I'm not suggesting anything. I don't want to say anything bad about the Finney family or the Finney lineage, you know, but maybe this was a doctor who was haunted in any number of ways. Right. Um. Maybe he was truly just an asshole. I, I mean, I yeah. don't, I didn't know the man. There's so many potential reasons and explanations for this, which I think is what makes us even more fascinating because yeah. it makes you wonder. It makes you think. Right. Everybody has their different take and their different opinion. And you mentioned another, uh, well, maybe you didn't mention it, Mike, but the final straw that broke the <laughs> the uh cliched back no,
1: I was waiting for you to mention that
2: was um what seemed to be like a nightmare that, that Tony experienced. Macy seems to be yeah, I can always tell when Macy's anxious for I think she senses when the episode's about ready to end. I tell you,
1: as soon as we barking, sign off, yeah. As soon as we sign off and I move my microphone away, she is on me yeah. and licking my face and like she's sensing like, it from you. Yeah, doing the whole lassie thing, jumping down and <laughs> looking back and barking at me to come and sit with her. I know. That's <laughs> so anyway,
2: um, the 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 paranormal experience that broke the the ghostly back for Tony and Debra uh, Pickman. I'm not I'm not making light of it. Was what Tony described as he thought was a nightmare, but they ended up realizing that it was an actual experience. Is when the, he and his wife were trying to sleep. His wife was asleep, he was not, and he was looking out his bedroom window when he described, he saw what he described as what appeared to be dust particles forming slowly through his window, um, like the street lights were shining through the window, and so he could still see like these dust particles forming, and they started to get darker and darker and dar- darker until they formed a mass. Slowly but surely, this mass turned into a free-floating apparition of a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, never seen her before. Absolutely creeped him out the woman floated over to him started to oh i'm getting kind of creeped out by just saying this i don't want to say mumbled but quietly but clearly stated i'm going to and then boom reached out right for him reached out an arm for tony towards his neck until he like could not move. He was trying to scream. The classic nightmare situation where you cannot make a noise. You cannot scream. Very night terror-ish, you know.
1: Very, yeah, night um, that paralysis.
2: Oh, night paralysis, sleep paralysis. Absolutely, yeah. man. Um, was he having a sleep paralysis experience or was this paranormal? Either way, that was, they couldn't take it anymore. And they finally moved out after that experience. Yeah.
1: Well, even if he was sleeping, it could have been a dream attack. I believe you can be attacked in your dreams while you're sleeping.
2: We talk about, we we could astral project in our dreams. Why could could we not, you know, interact with others? People say that we can supposedly talk with the spirits on the other side while we're dreaming. So why not, unfortunately, be attacked by them?
1: Yeah. And then this, uh, you know, I'm going to, and then attacking, it's like, okay, on the count of three, and then on two, (laughs) you know, like Uh. rip, rip the, the. That's the uh, uh, duct tape off of somebody's mouth or something like one, two, bang. You know, it's just, I don't like that. What happened to three? Right. Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to give me an extra count there, man. Yeah. I don't like that. That's terrifying. It's a, that's, that's terrifying. Very
1: terrifying. Uh, A
2: final example here was another investigator who experienced, who said that she claimed, Oh, Tony also said he, he actually encountered the the apparition of Sally, which absolutely terrified him. He just arrived at home. He was go- grabbing some, um, some orange juice out of the refrigerator, pouring himself a glass of orange juice. We turned around and right standing by the little island, the kitchen island, all of a sudden out of nowhere, this young girl was there staring yeah. at him, looking terrified. He said that she yeah. looked terrified.
1: Right. And yeah, that's right. And there was a drawing made of her, actually. Yes, absolutely. That uh, you know, just a very cute, innocent looking little girl. Uh, it's, yeah. it's,
2: uh, it's, it's, um, it's terrifying. Finally, the last one, I thought it was the last one, but the, the one I wanted to throw out there was a, a female investigator said that she saw the apparition of the doctor, of Dr. Mm-hmm. Charles Finney. She also claimed to hear his disembodied, cackling, laughing voice alongside mm-hmm. the voice of a young girl who was saying, I'm sorry, it's a trick. It's a trick. I'm sorry. This is what the young girl was supposedly saying, followed by the doctor's cackling laughter.
1: Wow. I wonder what that means. Was that like an intelligent message that was...
2: That's what they were suggesting in that documentary is that they thought that Sally was trying to warn the investigators of
1: something.
2: Uh, I see. Um, And, you know, I don't know why she felt the need to apologize, you know, saying, I'm sorry. It's a trick. It's a trick. I'm sorry. But, man
1: terrifying yeah that,
2: that's creepy
1: I, you know throughout the whole thing I don't think Sally was the uh, malicious spirit in the whole thing
2: I, I don't think I don't get that vibe either I really don't
1: yeah I mean that was you know it was it came across as that they were trying to you know suggest that that oh, Sally's attacking and everything and Sally's this little demonic little girl or whatever but I don't think she was the malicious one
2: no she's a tragic victim and exactly you know unfortunately i i hope i hope that she is at rest she is at peace uh somehow i would uh, it's very sad to think that she would maybe be trapped there at the site of her death
1: yeah Uh, well we have to go there and find out
2: nine and a half hour drive (laughs) i'm down for it man again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pretend to give you i'm not gonna pretend to give you an appendectomy so don't get excited about that one um you yep. can't we, you can't bring any grills, we can't burger or we can't grills and burgers or barbecue Kansas City yeah, barbecue as Mike was talking about earlier today. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. We we'll, we can have snacks. We can bring chips and you're you're a big <laughs> potato chip freak. Oh,
2: that's the one downfall is freaking potato <laughs> chips for me, man. That's my vice is potato chips.
1: Good. Leave Lord. leave crumbs in the Sally house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as the professionals that we are, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say Kansas City uh, barbecue or Kansas Barbecue? I can't remember what you said. I think you said Kansas Barbecue. Not Kansas
1: Oh, yeah. City. Well, that's I I've been down in that area and the barbecue there is absolutely phenomenal.
2: Well, you gave your final thoughts. I believe I, I, I tend to agree with you, Mike. I I'm not I'm not of the vein that Sally is is the negative energy in that house. I think at least, not consciously, a negative energy. If it's negative, it's because she is such a tragic right. um, victim. Maybe you know there might be the negative, sad energy imprint there in the house. Yep,
1: yep. The trauma that she went through. The
2: trauma, absolutely. Uh, you know, and again, I I don't know the true full story of Doctor Charles Finney. Longtime listeners know I absolutely believe in demonic possession, demonic attachment. But where did that come from? Why would it be right. in that house? Why would it be there in the first place, affecting everyone who moves in and out of the of said building? That's a mystery, and that's what adds to the intrigue.
1: And oh yeah, absolutely. I'm fascinated by it. Well, Mike,
2: this has been great. Holy shit, we're up to about an hour and twelve minutes already. I think it's time to call the night, my friend.
1: Yeah, we knew it was gonna be good.
2: Because we need to refuel and do a couple of Patreon episodes tomorrow afternoon. So yes. um retro and randoms, uh subscribers, listeners. Hang tight. We'll get another episode out tomorrow. And same thing for Paranomaly's own Patreon page listeners. We love all you guys. Help spread the word. See if you can get a family member or a friend to give us a shot for a month. As little as a love, dollar. Love,
1: love, love.
2: Love, love, love. Mike, until next all time. All you
1: need if, is love, love, love. Thanks, oh, John.
2: Um, <laughs> well, Mike, until next time, what do our paranormal family friends need to do?
1: Brothers and sisters, peace out.